Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHK as I'm known, and we watched three things this week, starting with the second episode of the new Marvel show Moon Knight. We also watched everything, everywhere, all at once, so spoiler alert for those two things. And then we watched the first two episodes of the Apple TV Plus show Pachinko. We didn't go too much into details on the plot of that, so you'll actually be fine if you haven't seen it yet. Although, you know, it always helps. And without further ado, here's We're Watching What? Alright, we're back with Moon Knight Episode 2. How are we feeling? Too into this? We're getting more into the groove? It's still pretty lukewarm. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm yeah, I do know. Colder. <laughs> I actually like. I had to stop watching this in the middle of the episode. And oh just, wow! Like, restarted later. I was so bored. Yeesh. Yeah, I found this one less boring than the first one personally, but I still didn't. I just am not emotionally connecting, really. And mm-hmm. I think I, I know it kind of you can't touch on this last week, but I still think it's it's such it's a bold move <laughs> to be introducing a character to live action that a lot of people don't know much about and to just be giving us so little at a time yes and also uh, to be fair i mean not that i need everything to have some dramatic origin story but we didn't even get an origin story so i know they're giving it to us kind of right flat you know things but it's kind of some like blink and you miss it kind of moments and little uh, dialogue lines i guess to plug your ears and you miss it <laughs> you know like yeah. talking about stop watching in the middle of the episode and you miss it yeah yeah talk about the, he was you know shot in the head yeah. he was resurrected no, no, I, that, yeah. like stuff like that but it's like you at this point with what they've shown us mm-hmm. you're just kind of mentioning those things and the average viewer i'm not positive pays enough attention to totally pick up on all of them so it's not that it's like oh you won't know what's going on if you don't know that it's still just very weird for me to me uh that they're not really telling us who this guy is i mean does the average viewer care though that's the i mean i'm not sure just, i wish i mean maybe not i, li- I liked the chick I, f- I don't even remember her name layla more layla than any other character we've met yet mm-hmm. but bumbling idiot oscar isaacs is just not my jam i just i don't ever like a bumbling idiot main character if we're being honest with each other like it's not right. usually my stitch And so I just, like, want him to be more interesting. And I think Mark will be. But Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, give me Mark. Where where are you? Right. You know, you married this cool chick. You're obviously a cool dude. Can we talk to him? Yeah, well, it seems we're going to now. Yeah, I know. But it's just, like, it's just frustrating. It took so long to get there. And I just, I don't know. I just... If we're going to do the multiple personalities thing, which we have to do because that's part of his character, can we at least see more than one personality and have one of them be interesting? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just such a choice to choose this this personality. As right. Well, and it's this, a personality manifestation. Well, yeah, and it's, and it's a complete, it's a total different take on this Steven character in general, at least the Steven that I've met before. It's, it's yeah, very different. So it's, it's yeah, just like, comics, it's, it's very different. And so... It seems Mark might be a little more in line with with Mark, uh, which I think as again I, you wouldn't know just from watching the show, but historically Mark is the person. You know, <laughs> Mark is the uh, the lead, I guess, if you will, yes. in, in this man's life. I mean, he must it, have it's, been it's an interesting choice. To get married at some point, right? Like what we're getting to is, I think that he is the lead, and he is he is married, and then he went and set up this 
alternate ego's life to try to escape the life that Mark has, I guess, mm-hmm. I, which still seems kind of unclear as to exactly why. I know he doesn't want to necessarily be, what would be the word, uh, linked to Konshu <laughs> forever, mm-hmm. you know, so he's trying to escape mm-hmm. that life. But it also kind of makes me, I just kind of thought, oh, well, you're kind of a piece of shit. Like, you know, like you just went and ditched out on your wife and all these things. <laughs> like it just, it's not yeah. making him very likable. Totally. I agree. I was, I was having, I don't know why this, this, this one class in my life comes up so much, but I took this American history class in college and they decided to, to like tell American history from the point of view of Ben Franklin. And our entire class was this autobiography about Ben Franklin. And Ben Franklin is in France when everything interesting happens during the American Revolution. And it just reminds me of that. Like, it's like they took the most uninteresting, and and Ben Franklin was a jerk. He left his whole family. He, He never came home to them. He would go to weddings and, like, other things in the area, but not stop by and see his wife and blah, 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 whatever. And it's just like, I, I don't know. I just It just reminds me of that where it's like, it feels like there's an interesting story here or an interesting character or something, but they just chose like this weird path to get here. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. And we're back. Yeah. Yes, I yeah. agree. And I, and I do think after watching both, even though I think, I mean, I'm still very lukewarm and we're kind of talking, it doesn't sound like any of us are obsessed with it, but I do think that releasing these two together would have been the move or should have been the move. I mean, what do I know? It sounds like people are watching it anyway, but because at least this episode did end with a, okay, cool. Going to see Mark now, at least like more, you know, hopefully more. Uh, I know the first episode ended with, okay, cool. Now we can see Moon Knight, but then we barely saw Moon, you know? So it was like this thing where at least this feels like the story is happening now, not just a what's going on. And, I can appreciate that about it. I just don't care all that much. I did laugh. I was. I will say, the fight scene with the where jackal werewolf thing again, uh, since that thing came back or one of those came back. The whole thing about how like no one else can see it and whatever. Like okay, cool, whatever. But at one point when it was attacking Layla on the street, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we were we were seeing what she sees, which is nothing. I was laughing because I was like, oh, you wrote that in so that you could get out around those special effects a little bit. <laughs> Because <laughs> your budget was rough. My reaction was, was this fight is clearly supposed to be funny, but it's coming across very dumb. Like it that's probably the, that was so probably the stupid. Yeah. Yes, I'm but sure you were also probably right. Where just, oh my god, you actually thought that scene was funny. <laughs> I just, but also yeah. speaking of that budget, the suit in general and like all the versions of it we're seeing, it just looks mm. so cheap. Like I, I assume I don't think either of you watch. It's always sunny in Philadelphia, right? I watched season one. But okay, but at some point there's a, a character called Green Man and it's just a green morph suit on Charlie Day. And like that is the equivalent of this. Yeah. One of those just like faceless. And uh, also, does, do you remember the Power Rangers first movie? Am I the only? Yeah, I do. <laughs> okay. Well, do you remember Ivan Ooze? I sure do. Yeah. He had better purple goo CG effects yeah. in the 90s than this episode of Moon Knight made by Marvel did. Well, and what's hysterical? I, I, I maintain. Well, I was gonna say what's hysterical is what wasn't Oscar Isaac as Apocalypse and X Men Age of Apocalypse, Age of Apocalypse also purple gooey, yeah, constantly uh, uh, compared to Ivan Ooze. <laughs> so it's like there's something about Oscar Isaacs and Marvel properties. And Ivan Ooze's, uh, yes, yeah, Ivan Ooze. <laughs> that to be said, like my San Jose friends love it. I know They're people who are enjoying it. it. It's yeah, so good. 
and they're really enjoying it. So, yeah, it may, might not be. I mean, we'll see. Maybe I'll like the Mark stuff a lot better. Yeah. And to be fair, I don't think it's like some terrible thing, but I had to ask myself, well, I was, after this episode ended, I, I just kind of came to a point where I was like, you know, if this wasn't a Marvel show, would I continue? And I don't know. No, that the answer is no. I don't think I would. And yeah, then see, that kind of got me. I was like, oh, wow. Because if it was even just was like, a different property, anyone else, could be even DC show, anything, I just would be like, eh, I'm not really interested. I'm not. Yeah, agreed. The thing is, of course, I'm going to watch the whole thing because I'm in on the whole Marvel verse. But I just, yeah, I wouldn't, I would not be watching this, I don't think, if it wasn't Marvel. Yeah, I'm glad it's only six episodes. <laughs> Wish it was less. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot shorter. I almost tapped out when Ethan Hawke started speaking, and I'll say it in generous quotes, Chinese, because it was oh. fucking gibberish. It was not intelligible. And actually, uh, I saw someone post about it, because um, at, at Nancy Yuen, who's a sociologist mm. and, and like really involved in the AAPI space, she posts about it, and she's like, oh, maybe, you know, she has a theory. We love our theories about how you know it would come back the gibberishness would come back and it's actually intentional turns out the version we watched the the press screener versions just didn't have subtitles so it was supposed to be chinese and it is not at all and i was just like after you made shang chi you couldn't have been like you know what we should pay attention to these moments and have them actually learn another language even without Shang Chi, though, it's just like if it's a no, uh, yeah, absolutely. Point, but like at no, least they've had you, but... there's some consultant somewhere who speaks Mandarin. So but like if you're if it's if you're, it didn't have to be Chinese, right? It could have True. been. Yeah. It could have been, and it, so if you're going to choose this language for this plot point, I don't know. I just don't understand not getting it right. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, like I feel like they chose one that they thought would be impressive, and then they fucked it up so hard that yeah. it's like, um, it's like, uh, yeah, that's really sad. I mean, let's not like, I don't know. I mean, they could have found a dialogue coach. There's just no way. Yeah, yeah but it's, you know, I get it. It's a very hard language and it, you can do it phonetically, let alone the uh, uh, tones. But but it was just like, I yeah, it was it was real bad. But, yeah. yeah, I'm just, I don't know. It's just mediocre for me. It's not. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely seen worse TV shows. I'm making it sound yeah, like yeah. I hate, yeah, 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 yeah. I hate this more than anything, which I don't, obviously. Huh. I, I think, just, you know, it's just not I, my fave. I wonder if we actually just came into it with like slightly too high of expectations. Like I don't feel like we came in with unreasonable expectations, but you know, to Matt's point last week, like this is the first one in that we've just gotten like it's the show. That's the intro. There was no tie-in. There was no cameo. There's no whatever. And I think because we all like Oscar Isaac enough, we were like, okay, this is gonna be pretty. This got to be pretty good, right? They're gambling on this. You know, maybe we just set ourselves up for failure. <laughs> Yeah, that, but also I think we've also, we've talked a little bit about Book of Boba Fett kind of ending and being what it was, and I was loving it for the time, and then, you know, we all had different reactions to it, but then it kind of like, eh, by the end, and talking about how, oh, Speak for yourself, Moon my baby! <laughs> right, well, yeah, well, that's true, but I just mean as far as, like, the overall <laughs> yeah, 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 show. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but, you know, it ended, and then it was, and that was, what, January or something, or was it February? I don't even know anymore, but, like, like a lifetime ago. the years gone by really fast at the, at the same time. I feel like it, that was a lifetime ago. And we know we've had Obi-Wan coming up, whatever, but, but Moon Knight has been that thing that was going to be appeasing us until the next thing that we need. <laughs> so, See, that's funny because I not genuinely did not, I did not have expectations for this. I forgot it was happening. Oh, okay. I don't really care about Oscar Isaac's even that all that much. 
And so, like, I like him as swagger, I guess, but I wouldn't watch a movie for him specifically. I actually completely forgot about this until we were talking about, we were, you know, oh, that's next week. And I was like, oh, okay. I think most people people did, yeah. I I don't, they buried the lead on the advertising. They did not, like, they weren't like, in a month, Moon Knight. That's my impression of the Disney marketing voice. It was a decent little trailer, too, but it just didn't, yeah, you never saw it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, don't, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I definitely don't think expectations are my problem here, but I don't think that, you know, it's it's okay. Not everything is going to be something I'm obsessed with. So yeah, all good. All right. Well, I guess that's it maybe for this episode. It gets better. We never know. <laughs> yes, maybe it does get better. We'll find out. All right. Well then, I guess moving on to something I had high expectations going into, and then it managed to exceed them. Everything, everywhere, all at once, which we've had to hold on to for a few weeks because, uh, you know, but it came out wide. What did you two think? To sum it up for me, without words. (laughs) 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 This is a, this is an audio medium, but Matt has just got a giant googly eye on his head and it's amazing. (laughs) Wait, hold on. I'm going to screenshot it. (laughs) That I am proud to have already owned as well. (laughs) <laughs> oh, wonderful. I had giant googly eyes on my back for the Q&A. <laughs> yes. And of course, one of them fell off immediately. <laughs> so I had them before and I like did the intro and then like nobody knew what they were in reference to, you know, and so I was like, you'll all appreciate this joke after and then nobody, <laughs> you know, like anyway. Um, yes. So Matt, I'm guessing you liked it. Jackie? I really, really liked parts of it. Okay. But unfortunately, it's sense of humor is not mine. And I was deeply i i hate gross out humor i hate i can't watch it i like when they were doing the flying flying butt leap i literally wanted to die like i would rather have been anywhere i like there's nothing i couldn't handle it okay so in that sense like i really liked parts of it but i could not handle how the you know magic happened or whatever and Uh so yeah i i don't think i'd watch it again what was your stance on hot dog fingers? I hated it. I hated every okay. moment of it. Okay. Every moment. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, that makes me a little bit sad, but I can understand. You know, it is definitely is it like um, a visceral reaction to disgusting humor like that, and I just I can't. Like, oh my god, with the snot and the like, every, like. Little- oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Okay. That's that was no, disgusting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Not my thing. All right. Well. What was the snot thing? I can't remember that. He takes someone else's snot and puts it in his mouth. Mm. Yeah, it was pretty nasty. What's funny is they're doing like unexpected stuff. Yeah, I remember that. Now, what's funny is is that these things that you're bringing up like stand out enough in this two hour and twenty minute film. Like that's your memory of it, which is so funny because they're. Yeah, I look at it and I was like, I the humor was not typical for me, like as far as Mm -hmm. what I typically, you know, but. Uh, I didn't come out of it thinking that the movie was full of gross out humor. You know what I mean? Because it doesn't. Yeah, I, I I'm, feel like I'm, it. But it's like I'm surprised. I'm so surprised that you like glommed onto that. Like yeah, eating chapsticks and <laughs> oh god, it's just like I hate it so much. And so I think the problem is, is like I viscerally hate that stuff. Yeah. And so I just it, it ruins it for me. It's like oh. um, what's the? There's a comedy. Oh my god, what I was forgetting the name of, but it's about the the singing group. And they do a snow angel and vomit, and I will never watch that film ever again. Oh, oh, Pitch Perfect. And I thought it was so funny up until Wait, that part, and it's they so gross. do a snow, is a snow angel pitch a euphemism perfect. for something? 
well pitch perfect snow, they like, there's just all this vomit on the floor and so she gets down into the snow angel and it's oh gross. oh no it's worst thing no, that's gross that's that's like... one of them projectile vomits and the other ones do and it yeah, turns into Oh it's no, that's no. Yeah, I'm with you on that, but I don't. Th- I don't think this was on par with that. But <laughs> no, uh, that's that's that. Okay. Anyway, we we'll, we can agree to disagree on it. But all right, let's get away from the gross out stuff. <laughs> yeah, I just want everyone to see this movie. I'm obsessed with it. I was. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of worried it's getting overhyped because, and and maybe this is just the algorithm because now my entire Twitter feed is only people talking about this movie. But I'm like, mm, I'm the target audience, and I've also been talking about it on Twitter for a while. So like. Maybe some of this is it, but I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it seems to be, I, I see a lot of people talking about it as well, and like 99% of the people I see talking about it are in love with it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I'm really happy for it. It's interesting because I I think we talked a little bit about it before with just us, but I I, I do not like Swiss Army Man very much. Like Oh, that. really? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't do it. I, I remember seeing that and just being like, huh. I thought about rewatching it after watching this. I haven't done it yet, but because I remember, I just seem to remember not finding that movie funny and uh-huh. just kind of being like, what is going on here? Like, what, what, you know, this was perhaps somehow even more out there in weird ways. <laughs> and, and, yeah. uh, but I think, well, first of all, I, the, whoever edited this film, I have to look up this person's name. Like, holy shit. The editing in this movie is insanity. And when you think about, it's the kind of film that I can't even wrap my mind around how you how you film it and how you make it, uh-huh. and then how it translates into someone editing it the way they did. Like, what does this script even look like? I'm dying to read it. You know, because it's like yeah, you when you talk about these scenes, especially with like her and the daughter and stuff, and kind of going through these different uh, realities or dimensions, like as they're having one altercation or whatever, and the way it's all handled and done is just it's so like it's mind blowing. And so the technical aspects of the film had me completely just like in awe, honestly. And and so that kind of stuff I loved. And then on top of it, I, I laughed my ass off. I thought Michelle was hysterical. I, I will say not, it wasn't the best moment in the whole film. But when, when Jamie Lee Curtis, when you first see her, when she goes, you see these? And like shows her, <laughs> her trophies that are all bad yeah. I yeah that that was that was something I didn't I, I mean she was unrecognizable to me to start with like she Jamie was. Curtis yeah. yeah and you know and I love Jamie and I don't think she typically disappears but here I thought she was completely just yeah I don't like who are you uh yeah I just thought it was such a fun time and it just kept it was nice to see a really especially in this world of now we're getting into the multiverse and stuff in Marvel and that kind of stuff's becoming a little more mainstream accessible I guess or kind of digestible if you will yeah and then you kind of look at uh, let's say like Matrix, and you can see some some inspirations there, but it's still managed in this world of full of that stuff to feel extremely fresh to me. Yeah, I like agree. Super original and and fresh, like it's, it's their own take on it. And I really appreciate. It feels like the perfect example of something that seems to be just so unapologetically what it is. And hats off to A twenty four because it just as always, but feels especially here like. These directors just made the movie. They it feels like they made the movie they wanted to make and yeah. didn't have any pushback because I, some of the stuff I was like, how did how did this get through? <laughs> you know what I mean? But it just felt like because they wanted it to, so it did. Do you want to hear a mind-boggling fact? Like you know, not only yes, one person edited it, and it's uh, their name is Paul Rogers. They right. did 
uh, You Cannot Kill David Arquette, which is a documentary that came out last year. They also did The Death of Dick Long, which is one of the Daniels films and like Eric Andre show and like music videos. Seven people did the VFX for this movie. That's it. Seven. Seven. It's a bunch of people who work in like music videos and they've worked with the Daniels for a long time. But seven people for a movie that looked like it was done by a big Better graphics and visual effects than Moon Knight, for sure. Well, yeah. <laughs> Light years ahead. Well, and also, can we talk about Short Round? I didn't, oh, my God. Ki Huey Kwan. Like, I didn't know he acted still. I had no idea. He came back for this. He oh. hadn't been acting in a really long time. Yeah. He was my yeah, he took sure. He took a really long break. And he, I guess he was doing, like, uh, stunt coordinating and, like, choreography for a while. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then Crazy Rich. I, I, get, I know too many fun facts about this movie because I did a lot of stuff for it. But, you know, uh, Crazy Rich Asians came out and he was like, I, I could give it a go again. And then, you know, Michelle Yeo. And, and then this happened. Wow. It's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, a goddess. I mean, she, she completely killed it. And, uh, you know, it's great. Obviously, she has emotional range and stuff. But this was like, she did everything. Well, this, I mean, is, I, this is one of those one. I mean, we're talking about how many different like dimensions and like things happening and she has to play so many kind of versions of herself while mm-hmm. keeping everything having a through line at the same time right and making and like I feel like they did a lot of good visual cues like you're talking about too so you know when you know she's changing timelines or any of that stuff but I still think I think it was just masterful to be able to sort of hold on to all of that really well and and still play like such a emotional sort of like be funny but also poignant at the same time. Well, and also real. Like that, you know, yeah. she is a glamorous, gorgeous human being. And not to say that, you know, everyday Chinese moms can't be glamorous, gorgeous human beings, but the jobs aren't always as glamorous, right? Like being a laundromat owner, not the most glamorous, but it just I it's not that she like lowered herself to the role, but she just it felt authentic to me and like from one of the opening shots, like the home they're in, I was like, "Oh, this feels like a bunch of homes I've been to. Like this has been art directed like, correctly." The set design was incredible. Everything felt so lived in, yes, in such an authentic yes. way. Yeah, and it's very hard to do in movies, um, at least generally. But that that house felt like you know some childhood homes that you'd visited. You know, stuff yeah. in the brim with different people, and I don't know. And same with the laundromat; it was old and. You know, lived dirt, in yeah and you know yeah. what i mean like it was just very very lived in yeah and like gotta give in we're getting time with like stephanie sue and james Hong. i was gonna say both. stephanie sue like she was oh. she she was such a heartbeat of the film that i didn't expect i wasn't sure like I, from the trailer without knowing exactly what it was about i she was the one that i was like i'm not sure i really buy you yeah like, because it was just showing that obviously she's an adversary and she was being tough and whatever. And I was kind of like, I don't really see this. But she sold everything. I thought she was amazing. I, I loved it. Yeah. I really, I mean, I enjoyed, I mostly enjoyed the makeup design. The outfit when she's on the Everything Bagel, they have all of, she's wearing like, this is, of course it's me. I'm sorry. No, no. It's like, and yeah. um, there, there's pearls on her face, right? There's mm-hmm. like kind of an explosion of pearls. And they're actually mirrored on each side, but one was lower than the other one <laughs> in the middle of her face in the whole sequence. And it was just driving me crazy. Not everything is symmetrical in life, Jackie. <laughs> I know, but they should be I get it, I get, symmetrical I, in I get it, I get it. But for the most part, it was fun seeing all those different like makeup design and like 
because they got to do some fun, cool things, especially with her character. Yeah, yeah that hallway I, scene when she came out of the elevator and like the, the, all the glitter and stuff, that was really fun. Yeah, I mean, also just like vis- the visual effects in that scene. I was like, what? And, and then learning that it was done by a handful of people. I'm like, how? How? Yeah, yeah really, it just really proves crazy. that like if you want to tell a good story, you know, you don't need a huge Hollywood budget to do it. You right. Dedicate it. Yeah, yeah, and if you and have I, a good script. Right. And I want I don't need every I don't need a movie about every world we saw. Like <laughs> the hot dog thing was like okay, I want whatever. hot dog world. <laughs> I don't need a whole film on that. You know what I mean? But yeah. I do want movie star Michelle movie i want that film oh my god i want that but, entire oh, I that movie so bad like, I that, would, that's my favorite part was the scene with her and him uh, yeah with the them rain, in the alleyway oh my god, that was my favorite. i mean it it's was basically like a wong kar wai movie right like it is yeah. just I, I, there's obviously the visual reference for it but the, also the fact that ki hui quad looked like a dashing not that yes. he's not a dashing but i was just like mm, smolder hello like sold it he was like toy sold it yeah, um, I I loved his character, and I when she <laughs> when she went first and was doing all the stuff and kind of coming back, she's talking to her husband. She goes, "Yeah, I saw my whole life without you," and she goes, "I was so happy." Because <laughs> <laughs> you think so she's bad. about to say something like, "You think she's about to say something really sweet?" But, but right, yeah, and it's like those moments. Laughing, but that's like what you would believe, you know. If I had seen I, that too and had her life, I would have been like, "Fuck, man, he's gone through it." It's it's also like. I mean, it it might be slightly stereotype, I guess, but like culturally, a, a lot of Asian cultures, like we don't talk about, we're not lovey dovey with our feelings, like it's not whatever. And you would you wouldn't be like, oh, I missed you so much necessarily. You'd be pragmatic about it, probably. You'd be like, yeah, I was better off. I've made a mistake. Like, yeah. but um, I think that moment in the storytelling was kind of for me. What I loved about it was, I mean, it made me laugh, but then also, it kind of signified how much this movie was committing to being. At that point, because you look at this, I mean, it's, it's a sci-fi film. It's a drama, a family drama, sci-fi fantasy, like action flick. Like it's got everything you want in it, but it also turns out being overall this like really big love story. Mm. And I felt like in that moment, because I thought, like I said, I I expected her to say something sweet to him and it's like, okay, cool. That, that little bit of like, oh, she should appreciate him was going to get solved right there. And then it was like, oh, no, no, no. That's actually going to be a very big plot point that we're going to add to the, the everything bagel of a movie that we have here. We're going to add, yeah. the, we're going to add a, you know, a sweeping love story into it that, I don't know, I mean, because I was rooting for them and I just, I loved him so much. I loved her, but I just thought he was so sweet and not, not necessarily meaning that they must be right for each other just because he's a sweetheart. But I, I really, really was happy that it worked out. <laughs> yeah. But it just, you know, it, it, it just spoke volumes to like, the task that they took on. And I don't think that they let any of the genres they tackled down at all. No. Okay. Forget, I mean, comedy. I didn't even say comedy, but comedy. <laughs> Can we talk about one of my favorite jokes that I thought was going to be a one-off and then came back in the most brilliant payoff ever, and that is Rakakuni. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because that is, you know, that is so something a parent would say when they forgot the name of Ratatouille, right? And I was like, oh, ha that's funny. And, you know, and then the, the dad and, and the daughter are both like, what? Do you mean, you know? <laughs> and then the yeah. fact that it came back in full form with an actual raccoon, I just, I was like, this is gene, like, this is unhinged genius. Yeah, but it's like, it's just like, I dare you to like read that 
written down and be like, yes. You know what I mean? And that's just, that's what I love about it is that it's like, it's so, yeah. they just took the quirkiest, weirdest. Oh, I thought it was it. so funny. I was like, and it's like. Oh. I hated the raccoon. I hated the whole thing. I was not into it. Oh, I love it so much. Yeah. yeah. See, I don't know. I like the love story though. That's fair. I also love the rocks, the googly-eyed rocks. Oh, I love it. was like, I didn't think googly-eyed rocks and text would make me cry. Yeah. I really (laughs) liked it. But I cried. I thought that was really great. I I assume none of them listened to this, so I'm just going to tell the story. So I saw it last time I was in LA, actually, and it was my first day going to my campus, and I was like between my Airbnb and, and, you know, checking into a hotel, and they were like, oh, you know, we have a screening, but it's this morning. I was like, I will be there. Like, when is it? I will be there. Like, and they were like, it's in an hour. I was like, oh, no problem. <laughs> I, like, already started packing with the preparation for this. And then I saw this movie. I was just, so, like, gushing, sobbing into my mask. And I was just, I'm sorry. It was just probably gross. Jackie, I particularly, I was, like, snotty and, like, uh, you know, just puffy. And I was like, I have to go possibly meet new coworkers right now. This is a bad idea. Like, it was basically over my lunch break and then some because, you know, it's a two-and-a-half-hour movie. But – I was like, I can't see a human right now. Like, I don't want anyone I know to see me because I just it was just, but it was, you know, it was so good. I was so pleased to have seen it. And I want yeah, everyone I to see it. I didn't expect, Yay. I didn't expect for the emotional, I don't even like three quarters of the way through it. I didn't expect for the emotional beat to hit as hard as it did or beats, yeah. but the, in the parking lot with her daughter and stuff. And like oh, that stuff God. just, it was I mean, really, not just so well bring- done. Yeah, not to bring it out too much, but it was like the week my grandma died, and I was like, <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> it was a it was a rough viewing, but also yeah. very cathartic, which I think is wonderful. Yeah, I love a movie that makes me sob. Yeah, sobbed so much and laughed, sobbed and laughed. Yeah. Got it, got everything, got everything out of it. It really did. It hit, it hit every box. Yeah, I wish right. I liked the comedy. <laughs> I I'm yeah, mm-hmm. I mean. Once you said I don't like the comedy, I was like, oh, knowing you and your sense of humor, it makes sense, you know? But I, 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 it's not the first thing I associate with the film is comedy. Well, I was going to say, I associate comedy with it in a really big way, but I, I don't, I don't, I didn't love, I didn't laugh at everything that was attempted either. But it, but for me, like the things that were funny were funnier than those weren't funny. You know what I mean? So for sure. me, it was like, it still was really funny. Yeah. I was going to say, going back to Swiss Army Man, I rewatched it in prep for it and I was like, oh. I, I also, but I liked it when it came out, mm-hmm. so that probably, but I, I, it was more introspective than I'd remembered, because that one is also gross and full of fart jokes and stuff like that, but I was like. I remember the farting thing, and I didn't like that Lots of much. farting, it yeah. Was, but it, well, because it was consistent throughout the whole thing. That the farting, yeah, it was a plot device, like, yeah. Early. Yeah, it was like, ugh. But yeah. but, yeah, I mean, I just remember not being all that captivated by the story, but after liking this as much as I did, I thought I should give it a, a go again, because I was like, maybe I've been adjusted, who knows? <laughs> Yeah, I never watched it, but I I saw the. Film no, it's it's, it's not a you movie, Jackie. It's not. Thing, yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, this is not going to be mine. If Swiss Army Man is to daddy issues, everything everywhere all at once is to mom issues. Like they are sort of complementary in some senses in a, a way I didn't realize. Not you know, obviously one had not come out, but Swiss Army Man had more layers than the farts <laughs> upon second viewing, and I hadn't seen it in years. But yeah, and also, I remember it oh, being fairly well received at the time. I think so. But it goes back to the Daniel Radcliffe thing of being like, oh, yeah, this is like a great, unexpected, like wholesome move for Daniel Radcliffe. 
and I'd seen it before we talked about. Oh, I think I talked about it. Like I wa- I rewatched it. Oh yeah, Lost and then. City. Yeah, Jackie had already seen Lost City, and I was like, I remember being like, Daniel Radcliffe, what a surprising good actor. And then the rest of us saw Lost City, and I was like, oh. <laughs> wow, you kept a poker face during that discussion. <laughs> all of us going like, Daniel Radcliffe's so great. What a, how wonderful and surprising he is. And all these people, I was like, oh. And it's oh. Paul Dano, right? It's Paul Dano, it's yeah. Like, it's Lilith, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. all right. Moving on to Pachinko. Continuing our AAPI representation. How are you two feeling about it? I was like in a family, you know, family drama. And, yeah, things that made Dana know. cry a lot, uh, lots of Asians. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, I'm, I love this kind of stuff, you know, like, there's like, like, give me family drama throughout history and I'm in, you know, I want to know. I don't know. I love that stuff. I think it's cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm really loving this show. Okay, good. I am in, again, in awe, I guess, of just. It's one of those things where I'm watching it and I just, the the cinematography mm-hmm. and the way this oh, thing beautiful. is put together is just, it's so gorgeous and it feels so real and expensive to me. Mm-hmm. I found it, and, and, and I realized. Old stuff, which is hard yeah. to do. <laughs> it's mostly filmed in British Columbia. I just oh. read. I was very surprised because I was trying to find out what camera it was shot on because it just, I, it's just. Because <laughs> you would. <laughs> Yeah, it just—it's so stunning looking, and and like the the cool temperatures that they're using, and the lighting's beautiful. But it just it, and the, the kind of muted palette. Okay, but what, everything has. What camera is it shot on? Now you have to answer. So we I, have to I couldn't it. find out. I thought okay. maybe it was on a red because reds oh, have yeah. a very distinct like. It's not like necessarily like the going industry standard ever, but it have a very distinct look about them that I yeah was feeling from this a little bit. It it could absolutely not be. But I'm by no means any expert. But I just wanted to know because I was like, this is just, it's just gorgeous. And I, I think the acting is so strong across the board. And so I, I'm loving it. Yeah. It reminds me, and I guess, I mean, hopefully this isn't just because Asian, but it reminds me of Joy Luck Club a lot, which is something, uh, a book and a movie I really love. And I think it's just because it tells a story of like a generation, mm-hmm. of, you know, a family. I mean, also Asian. But yeah, I have. I have mixed feelings on Joy Luck Club because, like, for the longest time, it was the, one of the only movies you could point to for Asian American cinema, at least. Yeah, that makes sense. And I'm like, um, well, that and it was, and it was it doesn't have that weight for me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it was also kind of like taught to us as kind of like, but also kind of like, okay, cool. Well, there's your there's your story about Asians. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Well, and also, like, like you know, like, it was set in the Bay Area. I had a, I had a teacher who was like, has, like, a cameo in it, and she would show it. And, like, I don't know if she forgot that she would show it to us or she just, like, liked trotting it out. But, you know, anyway, so I have weird mixed feelings on Joy Luck Club, but that's a personal hang-up. I, I, I will say for myself, I started – I watched the first two episodes, and I was like, I think I need to read the book. And so I stopped I myself. I stopped myself, I too, and I read actually, the book. Yeah. Because I've only read – I've only watched two. Um, yeah. Episodes. The book is very different. And of course, it's an adaptation. And it is interesting because the author has not like slapped their name on the TV series. Yeah. But the book is linear, which I thought was an oh. interesting departure for the show. Because I, oh, I love it when they mix it. Oh, that's a bummer, I was getting, I think it's so interesting when it's mixed together more than linear. I, no, I think the book is really, really strong, though. Like, because it's still time jumps and still. 
But I, you know, it, I this is terrible, but I was like, it's a show you have to pay attention to, right? Because like it's in other languages, it's in multiple yeah. other languages. So there's like switching and, you know, you have to be in the right frame of mind. I was like, I just think having a base knowledge for me of like the plot would have been helpful. But then obviously, as soon as I started reading the book, I was like, these are different. They're going to be different. <laughs> yeah. But I think they both have merits. You know, it's an adaptation that's amazing, but it's an adaptation for sure. Yeah, no, I, I it's funny you said that and then you agree, Jackie, because I went through the same thing. I'm caught up on the show. But I, I, after the first episode, I was like, oh, I really want to read this. And then I started looking up the book and stuff like that. And then I was, I saw a couple things talking about how different this is yeah. to it. And I thought, oh, okay, well, since I've already started been, started this, I might as well yeah, just yeah, do yeah. this and then I'll read the book, which I've done many times before. But when you, not to compare it to this other thing that I know is not a popular um, movie anyway, but kind of when you look at the way like something like Cloud Atlas as a book is written and then they when the when they adapted it to a film they did this thing where they wove it all together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But then the book Cloud Atlas is very segmented. <laughs> you know what I mean in a way where you're not mixing storylines like that. Yeah, yeah. And uh I think it's a it's a very bold choice to do it that way, but I think it's it's an example of using the film or television medium in a way that captivates the viewer probably a bit more than had you just done it completely linear. Yeah. Because it can feel kind of jarring. You know what I mean? Like if you're just like, oh, we spent two, three episodes in 1910. And then, okay, now the next three episodes, we're not going to go back and show you any more of that. Now we're here. You know, it can kind of feel Yeah. So I think there are a few reasons for doing it. One, I think it's an interesting structural move. Two, I hope this isn't too spoilery, but they they give Ola's version of her uh, like a more of a story in the tv show so that means you get more yun yu jung which i was like okay that. yes give me more of that put it straight into my veins like all the oh, time of course and then the um one of the guys is a big star yeah lee min ho he's in a lot of k-dramas right yes and so yeah, yeah. in order to spread his screen time out i think they also i think i don't think it hurt you know to right. to break it up that way because otherwise you're right it'd be done you know his part in it is will be done and then it's like you know because at a certain point they'll age out of or they'll have to replace the actor or whatever it is and so yeah yeah i i was like hmm, mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense i love a and good I, story weave i love a yeah story same weave. pro story and, weave all the time yeah well it's also kind of like little women the new one did that mm-hmm. greta gerwig did that and i thought and, it was stronger uh, yeah jane Eyre. well jane Eyre. I mean, yeah. i'm probably the only person on the planet who loves the jane Eyre movie um, uh, which the Witch Jane Eyre movie? Uh, How dare you insult me like that? You know I love that movie. I think it's two thousand nine. I don't remember. Oh, oh, the the uh, Mia Wasikowska. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's just, yeah. Okay, so yes, Matt also loves this movie, but I'm I love this movie quite a bit, and it's so much. Well, so much blasphemy coming out of my mouth right now. I think it's m- much better than the book because they intertwine the story a lot better they weave it in a way that i think is way more interesting than telling a linear story like they do in the book and anyway i love a good story weave. i don't remember them doing that in the movie but i haven't seen it in a really long time the book okay. goes like literally through like you know she's child oh i remember the book yeah yeah, yeah. i just don't remember i just yeah and in the the movie it opens with her running away from got it um, it's obviously cool. very much more condensed than the Project. book as well and it's like but it's a really oh, great right. yeah Okay, I will also say, I know neither of you loved Peacemaker, but I loved the opening credit sequence for Peacemaker. Like, I love a good dance sequence, and this may have replaced that. <laughs> it's funny, because I was like, how, talk about 
it couldn't be more tonally different. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like, it's kind of fun. It's a little like, okay. Yeah, yeah. this came out of nowhere. Like, I was like, where are we going with this? <laughs> yeah. It's more random in a way that I found more humorous than I found Peacemakers. Yeah. Peacemakers I... felt like this is a funny show. Let's do this funny thing. Oh my God, it's so funny. And it was fine. I, I didn't hate it or anything, but I was like, okay, whatever. But this felt like random where I was laughing at it. I was like, what is this? Well, I I think Peacemaker is like <laughs> so very like intentionally like That's whatever. What I mean. yeah, and this, like... this is like joyous, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I could imagine that these are the moves that they actually, yeah. you know, they're like, okay, dance now. And they're like, okay. You know, and it Peacemaker's just, like, this great. is choreography. Right. If it, it feels very kind of like they're like, okay, we're probably. We're gonna make you kind of sad, so yeah. <laughs> get your, we'll give you your one moment. Some we can we'll give you one, one moment. Happiness moment. Yeah. The rest of your life's gonna be tragic, yeah. so just like take this. But I, yeah. I was gonna say the acting overall, I feel like is super strong. I the I I think she, I looked her up. I forget her name at the moment, but I think she's a little bit newer to the scene. But the actress who plays the young adult version of Sunja, she is incredible. Like, she's so good, and, it, and it, it reminded me of, in a different way, like, Lost Daughter, how it was like, oh, we were looking at Jesse Buckley, and like, oh, you did a really good job at playing Olivia Coleman. Like, or, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like she's doing a really good job. Because mm-hmm. that's, no, those are some big shoes to stand in. And then also, her mother, who, you know, opens cool. the show, of course. I love her. I thought she was fantastic. The actress. Um, oh, oh, yes, yes, like, yes. I thought that yes. was a great scene to open with, because I was like, oh, oh yeah. God, okay, so I have to watch this thing, and... I'm not, you know, I'm like, all right, I'm going to sit down and, you know, whatever. Cause I you didn't know anything about it going in. And I don't know yeah. anything about it going in. And so I was yeah. like, okay, I just have to watch this thing. And not in a total negative way, but like, you know, I'm being forced to watch this thing. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Like, yeah. I agree. It's fine. You know, you know. No, I know. But it's it's just, it's sometimes, yeah. especially when we like forget and then we have to rush watch it before we record. Yeah, it's like, like yeah, hey, yeah, you stress you know, out about then, it. I do it too. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then that opening sequence, I was like, ooh, I'm going to like this. <laughs> This is it. This is my kind of drama in here right now. Well, that is good to hear. I'm relieved. I I figured we'd all like it, but I you know, it's one of those things where I'm like, yeah, it is you're committing to reading subtitles, which yeah. is important. I really like also that they did the I don't know why it much, but I really liked the way that Apple Apple's doing the subtitles and that like the Japanese are in blue. Oh, that's in different colors. Are yellow. I think that well, because it's a thing where I think it you you pay attention to what what character is is you know speaking and where they are and everything like that of course but i think it i don't know it's kind of nice because it'd be easy for me to to when you're not you don't have a trained ear for understanding the language i don't ne- necessarily notice the intricate like differences like oh now you're speaking japanese versus korean yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you know so it's I, I kind of like that it's forcing me to know that and i think that's kind mm-hmm. of important I, like I think it. so too, and I think it's important in the scenes to know that they're speaking different languages. Yeah, and yeah, yeah I mean, sometimes I can automatically tell a difference. Sometimes I can't. Yeah. You know, I don't have a good ear for it, so it's it's nice to. You know, I hear a word and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's Japanese, but you know, it's also it's. I don't know. It's was actually cool. hearing impaired, I would probably, you know, I would need that also. So. Yeah. Well, also, you know, it, it, the one thing it does not cover, and this is also in everything, everywhere, all at once, which was, you know, sometimes they're speaking both, you know, and it's like a sentence mm-hmm. that's composed of both. And it's like, it doesn't quite do that. In everything, everywhere, all at once, there are a couple of jokes that like, I, I, I think I saw the final, you know, subtitled version of it, that like, don't quite make it into the subtitles, or, you know, you can't translate uh, that I, 
you could tell that like a few people in the theater I was in, I think it was almost all Asian people because it was like a screening of select folks for it. But you could tell like some of us understood it and were like laughing really hard. And then a couple other people were like, <laughs> I was like, thank you. This was for us. <laughs> like, um, but, you know, there's moments in Pachinko where I was like, oh, and, and again, some of this I picked up having read the book where it's like, you know, the way they communicate is and, and it's so authentic, right? Like, I would say it's probably accurate for anybody who speaks multiple languages where you use like Spanglish, right? Or whatever it right. is. You just like you learn to pick up the norms for your your sort of sub version of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, did you finish the book already? Yes. Yeah. OK. OK. So are you back to now going to catch up on the show all the way? Or yeah. So to- I did two and then I took a pause and then, okay. you know, went back you- to it. Maybe I did three, and then I was like, I, I want to read the book. Okay. That's that's good. And you're still – so you're still finding the show very enjoyable even having just read the book. Yeah, I think because there are enough so changes that it's – and it's also it's just like a really well-done show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. It's, it's – it, yeah, it's gorgeous. I think I love that the beauty of it feels so understated, too, that it's mm-hmm. just – it's not like – Sometimes, and I love this as well, but sometimes you'll get a film that is like shot in such a way and the music and everything to be like, oh, look how beautiful I am. Like, you know, like to constantly make you think about how beautiful it is all the time. Mm-hmm. This feels more understated and real than. Yeah. I, well, I think it's yeah, like it, you know, it like, knows it's beautiful and it's like, yeah, that's fine. We're just going to let it speak for itself. Yeah. And it, it's like it's 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 its own. The The visual is its own like language in the film. And I just love that about it. And it's. Uh, and it, and Jin Ha, I'm I'm really liking him in this. I I only ever really came across him. I think the first time was in Devs. Um, oh, I think he was in yeah he was in Devs, right? Oh, um, I think so. Yes, and I thought right. he was. I liked him in that, but I, I wow, I completely was, forgot he was in. Yeah, but uh, I think he's really really good in this. Oh, he was in Hamilton. Yes. All right. So uh, I'm assuming we recommend the show. Yeah. Definitely. I already texted a friend about it who I know loves K-dramas. Oh, and I, yeah. This is a... And I was like, oh, I, I was just like, have you seen that? I haven't heard back from her yet, but I'm excited to hear. Yes, this is but, drama to the max. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely I definitely recommend to anybody because it's, it's, yeah, it's really great. Yeah, totally worth watching. All right. Well, in addition to all of these things, we're watching what? Did we watch anything else this week? Yes. I... Well, I got to go watch 2001 A Space Odyssey at the Alamo Draft House yesterday <laughs> on a whim because it was playing and I didn't know and I was very excited. I love it. It's a favorite of mine. And then uh, I went, yeah, I saw a movie, uh, I believe it was Swedish, um, about witches that I really liked. It's called uh, You Won't Be Alone. Have you heard of this? Uh... It was, uh, I saw Numi, Numi Rapace was in it. And even though I'm still kind of angry at her over Lamb. <laughs> I love her and I was like oh and she's not like she's not the main character in it but but yeah it was uh it was it was really really good and I've been thinking about it ever since ah I had heard of it and I skipped it because it looked scary <laughs> yeah yeah it's not exactly it's not like a oh my god this is so scary like trying to scare you movie but it is a horror film in that way that sure it's, it's you know and it's it's quite gory and um but it kind of tackles uh witchcraft in a way that's kind of the old myths and like kind of like historical witchcraft if you will rather than not like not like oh here's a cauldron and i'm doing a spell you know like it's like yeah yeah, yeah, um and it's it's a it's kind of about someone grappling with like having become a witch 
essentially mm. not on her own doing and oh interesting uh, how to live as a witch but also while doing that kind of ends up becoming a a commentary on what it means to be human type of thing i don't know i just i it's really subtle and understated and quiet but i man, i loved it it made me think a lot okay yeah so that's that was true. that was a good thing uh no i i went to it was at amc i don't know i, I don't it's by it's like focus or something focus features i think did it uh you are correct yes but yeah it's um i, I definitely, definitely recommend that and then I started rewatching Daredevil for the thousandth time. But <laughs> it made me, because yesterday was the seven-year anniversary of it first coming out. And I was very excited about that. So I started watching it again. And man. Oh, my God. Know, seven years? That's I know. It's really upsetting. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's one of those things where I, I highly recommend, of course, always a rewatch. I think it's fantastic. But watching it, I was just like, damn. Like, this is just anything close to this vibe, if Moon Knight tried for it, could actually be really cool. Mm. And it's just kind of, it kind of highlighted the lacklusterness in a little bit, uh, un, more of an unfavorable way than it already was for me. Because mm. it was like, God, oh, you could never, not that it's trying to be Daredevil, but it, but it almost should. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So I had a really good week. Yeah. Jackie? I didn't watch anything new, but um, I did watch Girls Trip um, this weekend. Yeah. And I hadn't seen it since, I saw it on a plane one time, but I did. That movie is classic. It's so funny. The movie is indeed. Yeah. Yeah. I did actually watch Sonic the Hedgehog 2. (laughs) You know, you got to do what you got to do. It wasn't, I have these like weird feelings on, because Sonic was one of the last movies I saw before the pandemic happened. And it was like unexpectedly, it it was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. And therefore I like strangely had expectations for the second one. I didn't think it was like the odds of it being as good were high but i was like you know what they did a decent job with the first one no no no, it was not it was not as good i still laughed at a few things Mm -hmm. but then it just turned into a a platformer but not even like a fun one i don't know yeah yeah there was a screening for that when i went to go see you won't be alone and uh and you were like no thank you everyone everyone was in line for i was like why can't i find parking and there was a big sonic (laughs) like costume and i was like and then it was me and two other people in the other movie (laughs) everyone in the theater was there for sonic yeah I mean, like, it was fine, right? I like it. Yeah. If you enjoyed it, you enjoyed it. Congratulations. It's funny you say that about the. the that... Oh, it's funny you say that about the first one. So, like, that's that's Invisible Man and Birds of Prey for me, where it was like those were two of the of the last films I saw, hmm. or like really remembered seeing right before pandemic times or whatever. And yeah, they have a really special place in my heart. <laughs> I, yeah. Partly, I liked them, but partly because of that, because it was like I clung to the memories of going to see those while we were sitting here not able to do anything. And I just remember, like, you know, there there was a bunch of kids at the screening. They were having a great time. And, like, a friend of mine who's, like, a video game person, I just remember hearing him laugh so loudly at something. I mean, like, I'm enjoying – like, I, you know, it's one of those things that you like going to movies for where, like, everyone's – in a good way, joy is infectious. That's the only time it's okay to be infectious Mm -hmm. at a theater is joy. And and then you remember looking back on it being like, oh, things were happy once. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I remember laughing. But the last movie I did end up seeing in theaters, I realized, was Onward. But I'd already oh, seen yeah. it, so it was like, well, right, pretty young, but you know. I was like, I should probably, I should probably see this movie to actually have seen this movie. Yeah, you know. So I don't know if it counts, but I was like, I don't know if it was better or worse that it was not my last movie in theaters. That yeah. that Sonic was not my last. It, it would have been like a bad, a good bad story. Yeah, yeah, but this one, it was fine. You know, I think people generally audiences like it, and I don't want to take that away from them. <laughs> yeah. So would you say uh, someone that like casually likes the first one like should watch this because it's like 
Why not? Yeah. I think if you – not even casually. I think if you liked the first one, like unequivocally liked it, like unabashedly, then you'd be fine with this one. You know, but if you were like on the fence, wouldn't be like, this is going to – this is going to make your love of the franchise blossom. <laughs> yeah. It's no it's no New Mutants, you know. It's no New Mutants. It's no <laughs> – yes, exactly. It all comes full circle. <laughs> And then the other thing I just started today and only watched like a little bit of on a lunch break was The Ultimatum, which is the new Netflix dating show. Oh, it's so dumb. It's so dumb. I've heard it's really good, actually. It gets better, apparently. Oh, it might get better. But, the you know, the, the it's basically, what is it, like Temptation Island? Temptation Island's the one where they're, yeah. they're couples to start. Yeah, it's sort of Temptation Island, but it's also like the couple seems so young, you know, and the idea is that one of them in the relationship is supposedly ready for to, for marriage and the other one is not. And at the end of it, like you have to decide, do you want to marry someone here? Not necessarily the person you started with, but someone. And like some of and you they are like too- trade partners, right? Yeah. I'm like, some of you are too young to be issuing these ultimatums. Like come back to me when you're in your 30s and 40s yeah. and you've been together. For but like it's meant 10 years. it's meant to be exploring if monogamy is something that is natural to people, right? No, because the idea at the end of it is I think they're all supposed to be paired up with someone. Oh. Or or you can, you know, choose yourself, I suppose. But you're not – it's not like I don't want to get married at all. every day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, yes, but I think the problem with being young is that you don't realize that you have all this time either. True. Also, I'm sorry. I I just have the Sonic the Hedgehog page up. One of the writers of Sonic is called Worm Miller. Aww. Hopefully that's a nickname. I, I assume they chose that name. Yeah. You would hope so, but it could have been their parents. Yeah, well, I mean, but they could have changed it. But uh, yeah, they were a screenwriter on both Sonic, so they are probably doing just fine because it made that's the thing that's funny is, well, I was just asking as funny as like when you start working on projects where you're going to get or on you know movies and TV shows, you're going to get credits. You can, you can, you can choose any name. Them say anything, and yeah. so you kind of make you kind of have that moment right where you make that choice. You're like, well, what am I going to go by? What's my industry? You know, am I just going by my name or whatever? And whether that was chosen or not, you chose Worm. I you, I promise you, nobody else in the WGA true. is going to fight you for Worm Miller. That's There's true. not going to be a will, Worm A known. Miller out there. Yeah. That's true, but. It's yeah. a choice, and uh, it is. Gonna, I, I, no judgment, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to judge you, but you know, he's he or she or they or whoever yeah. that is is writing a film that they have gotten made, and I have not done that. That so. made seventy million dollars. That made seventy million dollars. Seventy-two uh, million dollars. Excuse so me. So hats off to Worm. Yes. Good job, Worm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Good for you, and worm. on that note, thank you, Bo. <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank, thank you, Worm. You. <laughs> thank you, Worm. Thank you, Worm. Thank you, as per usual, to Jackie and Matt, and we don't actually have any follow-up points this week. So if you liked this episode, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.